Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I am Kenneth. And tonight we are looking at the Star Hunter Redux episode, Cell Game. Dante is giving Percy some much-needed time away from the ship by allowing her to come along on a routine prisoner pickup. What fun! Dante really is in the running for Uncle of the Year. There's even more fun because Rex, a rival bounty hunter, is there to ambush them under the pretext of poaching his prisoner. It's a who's the baddest bounty hunter bad off as each side takes turns getting the upper hand on each other until Percy shoots one of them. For the record, she does shoot one of Rex's crew. And immediately the Oberon police, who have been waiting patiently off screen for their cue, step in and arrest her. Oberon justice is not just swift. It's corrupt to the core. Percy is taken to the Nereid prison, the worst prison in the known universe. And that's saying a lot. The Oberon justice system works as follows. Police arrest and sentence people with no courts required. All police and prison officials can be bribed. It's a system that works for them and keeps everyone happy, except the prisoners. Dante's attempts to bribe someone to let Percy out fail because Rex has already bribed them, and so she makes Dante an offer he can't refuse. She'll let Percy out of the maximum security Nereid prison if Dante will just break into that exact same Nereid prison and break out a prisoner, her brother Goran. Backed into a corner, and against Lucretia's advice, but with her support, Dante poses as a prisoner and gets in and close to Goran. Meanwhile, Percy is getting a taste of life with the mean girls from high school. When they're not being taken out and raped by the guards, that is. She concocts a plan to escape, which is reasonably successful. Until it isn't. Dante is cozying up to Goran and convincing him to escape with him. When he finally agrees, the plan goes into action. Lucretia comes back with a cockamamie story about Dante having a highly contagious strain of hepatitis and then bribing the prison commander to let him be taken for medical research. Goran pretends to be infected too, and with the promise of another bribe, he's sent with Lucretia too. At the meetup with Rex, Percy is turned over, and when it's obvious she's going to double-cross Dante again, the corrupt police arrive and arrest Rex and the gang because Dante has effectively bribed them first with information that Goran has millions in hidden loot, which they presumably will somehow now get. It's a happy family once again eating food that may or may not be worse than prison food. Cell games. Cell games. Yes. All right. Well, so I'm gonna let you. Game. I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, first it's, game or game? It's it's game singular. Oh well. <laughs> and like... um, also, um, Percy never went. Percy stayed at Oberon. Did she? She did. Rex was at Oberon. That nicely cleaned, rapey prison was at Oberon. The ah. dirty hellhole was elsewhere. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter to the plot flaws. But okay, okay. just so you know. <laughs> Well, I'm going to just bribe Goran out. I mean, what, was, what was this ridiculous, idiotic pretext of doing the whole thing when Goran's got millions and he could just bribe his way out for 100,000 credits? It's just that simple. This whole, how stupid do the writers think we are that they've set up a, a, an entire thing that is solved in a system that is completely corrupt and bribable when a guy's got $3 million and he doesn't even seem to want to get out of prison. So, I, I, I mean, that well, gave I, me as, pause. As I, as I understood it, it was really about his sister who wanted access to the three million. I was hoping that he would, that he would tell her where, where he had it. Got, got that, got that. I mean, yes, I understand that. Why didn't he want it? I mean, um, 
maybe I don't know. Why does a person who is not greedy steal steal three billion? Um, by the way, the name of the writer was Mary Rogal Black. Okay, first instance of one of her stories. Only instance. Only instance of her story. Okay, well that's that's a plus. Um, it, it, right. I mean that 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 fundamental flaw bugged the heck out of me because not only not only did they solve the problem through bribery they solved the problem with bribery they didn't even have right i mean right i mean she only promised him another hundred thousand credits to get the second guy out and and he took it on on faith <laughs> um and goran has three million stashed away and Somehow Dante managed to bribe the cops into double double crossing Rex because yeah. they know he's got three million dollars. Well, yes. How do they think they're going to get that money? Uh, I don't know. And, and how did the um, guard? Why didn't they? And, and how the did the guard time? that uh, Luke was talking to think he's going to get paid? Um, but I say, Apple uh, Pay. Uh, uh, Luke was bribing a guard with money she didn't have yet and but the guy believed it the prison colonel yeah yeah i mean i don't know if he's the top dog but he certainly was not yeah. a low order dog so and we now have an idea that a hundred thousand credit is good enough to get him out so I, I just it just all of that was kind of i wish they could have tied this up is some way that it's a it is a flaw with the system frankly i mean and i don't mean that it's a flaw with this dystopian world where if everybody's corrupt and everybody takes a bribe then bribes are the answers to everything and and that system cannot withstand and I, uh, so I, I think, you know by trying to make it as dark as they possibly could and to be as bad as they possibly could they just didn't they just didn't think this one through. And if they had failed to solve the problem with bribery, like if they'd had a shootout or, uh, you know, a high-tech escape or dug tunnels or something uh, something else, um, it actually might have been better in the end. But they just basically fell back on bribery. And I, unless, unless Rex is just... And she didn't even seem to think that Dante was going to get out. No, because she was sending him to the toughest prison in the in the in the in the solar system. So known universe. Well, known well universe. their their known universe is, is the solar system. Yes, is is, is is the solar system. I just thought it was an unusual turn of phrase when she said that in the yeah. known universe. It's like okay, yeah. So it it would be like saying you know well Death Valley is the hottest place in the known planets. <laughs> Like it's not, but okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah we did learn that the uh, in Oberon there are no courts. Yeah. So okay. Um, also, I mean, it's possible to have no courts. <laughs> I'm not not saying that's impossible. Military law, um, but enacted, in but but enacted through um, public opinion. Yeah, would not last long for for the very reason fundamental reasons we see. Right here, yeah, you know the, the the level of corruption and bribery, you know, at some point, at some point, uh, that doesn't work because if what you have to, I, I I have a some experience with people who have done work in in China, engineering work, and I have some ethical problems with some of the things that they have told me that their companies have to do to get work. Basically, they have to bribe. It 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 is it is what you have to do to get the work. And I, you know, one think that if that's the way you have to conduct business, that's not a place to conduct business. And no, two, isn't. you then have to take into account that if I can bribe you to let me get some to win a contract, somebody else can bribe you more to get the contract. And at what point, you know, what, what's your recourse? Oh, he didn't take, he, he promised to take my bribe. Who, who do you, who do you turn that into? Right. You, it's like when they took a different person's bribe, that's so unfair. I, I, 
So I get it, it. It's yeah. I mean, we obviously there are places that do that, and periodically they do go along and cut the heads off the people who accept the bribes in China because that's the next step in the process. But you know, those people too are probably on the take, and so are they doing it for the right reason or the wrong reason? Um, you know, such a house cannot long endure. I no, think. as Re- as Rex found out off camera, of course. But um, yeah, the um, but the keep in mind that the people those uh, those police officers you mentioned um, were already supposedly working for her. Right, right. But you know, only it, they weren't wearing the police badges. Um, were they not? I mean, I mean, but the, it came up in in dialogue right at the beginning of the episode that they were just walking around as if they were. Um, Working as they were walking around. I'll, I'll rephrase. I'll back up and rephrase. Um, they didn't announce themselves as, as police officers. Usually in our society, when we you know police officers are easily identifiable as such, right? Yeah. Weren't they wearing blue outfits? Yeah, uh, they were, but they're but they they're at the prison. But they didn't tell anybody that they were members of the militia. Uh, and um, group there, and that they only mentioned that after Percy shot one with the stun round. Well, I I don't I I don't think we need to stand on ceremony for uh, official police procedure in a uh, society that corrupt. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think this is not one of those things like cop pretends to be a drug dealer and then somebody says oh you can't arrest me because you tried to sell me drugs uh, instead of me asking you to sell drugs uh, you know so the court's going to throw it out because there's no court to throw it out yeah. so you know they don't, they don't have to identify themselves as police officers are they police officers yeah okay well no appeal no you know I, i'm not saying they're not, they're not doing something wrong and I'm, i absolutely agree that they were on Rex's pay there and that it was a setup clearly it was a setup so that they could arrest Percy and but you know I'll whip out the hundred thousand credits right now let Percy go oh well that bid's higher okay I yeah it just it just was I don't know all right I know I know what they're going for they're trying to go things are bad this is bad this place is bad I get it it's bad um it it wouldn't last long, but it, it's bad. Um, yeah. I wonder how their military works. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one, the screenwriter did not bring up. Um, but this episode did establish that the um, crew of the Transutopian carries not only lethal ammunition, but stun rounds. Yes, I'm curious as to how that worked, especially when she pulled something out that looked remarkably like actual bullets from our clip. But I don't. You know, that's why I think I think we offline had that conversation briefly that yes. I hadn't seen nothing in this series up to this point that had given any indication that there was anything but bullets in those guns. And bullets are not stun rounds. But she did specifically say it was a stun round. I was impressed with her up until that moment. But... Uh, well, as I mentioned, oh, well, the, the, the stun round would explain a few... But it would explain a, a few details from the previous episode mm-hmm. where she shot Jacob, who was Brother 13's bodyguard. Right. And then at the end of the episode, he was walking off to the prison transport. And because and it, make, it makes sense that there would be stun rounds. Because quite often, the bounty uh, does, does not cover a corpse. Yeah. I, I, I would not... I, I won't argue against the notion that a stun... Weapon is a potentially logical thing for a bounty hunter to carry. Um, their their justice system doesn't seem to me like it. I mean, we've heard it, we've heard them say it. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that it isn't canon. It's canon. They definitely have bounties that are worth more alive than dead. At least that much. I don't recall anywhere they said we would get no money for them dead. But they definitely had some where they would get more money. But the justice system in this known universe is doesn't strike me as being particularly humane about this kind of thing. Okay, well, I'll 
explain something here. I mean, and because keep in mind, because now I'm watching this from the point of view of four, 43 other episodes. So I'm and you're looking at it from the vantage point of the previous nine. I do not recall off the top, um, if in the previous nine episodes there's been a case of a case where the bounty is on a live prisoner, but not on a dead one. Um, but I do know it does come up in other episodes. And I also know that in this universe, there are judicial systems with actual courts and judges. That aren't as bad as, as this. One. And they're still corrupt. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, that, that seems to be the universe they've gone for here uh, on, this, on this show. So, you know, I, I expect a reasonable level of corruption at, at, any, at anything we see along the way. And I get, you know, obviously we've seen some nasties and I kind of vaguely, I'm not going to go so far as to say we've never seen one where it was alive only because I just don't recall it. But there definitely have been instances where they really wanted them alive. And they didn't want them alive for justice purposes, right? They wanted them alive to be nasty to them. Like, mm. we injected them with some chemicals and we want to see what's happening to them. Exactly. Or, you know, or or we want to inflict torture on them because that's the kind of nice place we are. Um, so I suppose there might be some uh, case for that, but... It just, you know, as a as a kinder, gentler universe, I would say that theirs is not as kind and gentle as ours, and ours isn't that kind and gentle. So hardly, uh, hardly is. Yeah, <clears throat> and tasers still aren't the uh, weapon du jour. No, uh, when it comes to subduing people in this in this society. So believe me, I know. Yeah. So. That was, yeah, okay, convenient. Oh, was, I was using Einstein. Okay, great. And she gets arrested because that guy is a, a member of the militia. Let, well, and, and, take... to be, and to be fair, she's, they started it. and mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, no. It was all self-defense on the part of our crew. In, in all good guyness, they were absolutely in the right. They were, I mean. Correct. And given that it's a stun round, they were absolutely in the right. Uh, you know, there, there there is another, there's a, there's another one that kind of cracks me up about, and it's not just a show, it's a, it's many science fiction shows. If you have a stun weapon, why hesitate to shoot? Good <laughs> right? question. Why not just shoot them? I, like with phasers. I'm holding them prisoner. Stun them both. They'll wake up. <laughs> what is it? Well, yeah, they'll wake up. They'll be fine. We'll separate them, put this one in handcuffs and take the other one and they'll be fine. So... No big deal. So we just shoot her. Just shoot Rex right on the spot. Boom, down. Shoot the cops. Stun them. Leave. I mean, well, it's like, hey, <clears throat> they can only arrest you once. And if you don't let them arrest you, then you're probably fine. I, uh, but, then you don't okay. have a, but then you don't have an episode. Well, now that's, therein lies the problem, right? When the, when the episode relies on that and that's where I'm. Anyway, let, let's talk about, um, first and foremost, I thought it was interesting that Dante didn't want to tell Rodolfo. And and I mean, I don't want to tell Rodolfo anything because I don't want to see Rodolfo. So I can get that part. But he doesn't want to tell him because he thinks it might be a, a setup and he thinks Rodolfo might be behind it. Yes, I caught that. Did that, have, have we got any indication of that in the past that Rodolfo is actually cheating them or trying to get them killed or arrested or hurt in any way shape or form i, I didn't get that um no we haven't um we know that he's a greedy son of a bitch uh yeah and uh we know that he and um, we have probably figured out by now that uh he has some other agenda going on but it is in his selfish best interest not to ha- not to get his crew killed right right you know it's like uh i i make my money by running a bounty hunter business while sitting on my butt somewhere watching the actual bounty hunters do work it is not in your interest to muck with your workers in that way but it was just interesting that 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 dante said that and i i caught it and i like huh i had not gotten that dynamic of their relationship 
until this moment that suddenly he I assumed he didn't like Rudolfo. No, but he doesn't. That he trusts Rudolfo to be what Rudolfo has been, which is a sexist, obnoxious, greedy boss, but not not a, a master manipulator that would for no apparent reason send two sets of bounty hunters, one to double cross the other with regards to just didn't make any sense. Well, Rodolfo was not that clever. Um, Fair enough. But uh, but the, do do you remember from one of the first episodes? I can't remember which one it is now. Where 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 Dante explains to Percy that the golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And of course, in that case, who has the gold? Orchard. Well, he was talking about Rodolfo. Oh, but yeah, he makes the rules. I just it just doesn't. Eh. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So let's let's talk a little bit about Percy's time in prison. Oh yes. Now I'm going to ask uh, what what may be an insensitive question of the two prisoners that were with Percy, Joy and Erica. One of them had very distinctive facial features. That was Joy. Is she an alien? Human. The only aliens in this series are the ones who come from another dimension and are three million years old. Was that what the actress looks like, or was that a prosthetic? No. Uh, I just thought it was how people made her up. Because it was, it was kind of, I don't know, I was thinking they were kind of going for Neanderthal. I did know she was not exactly a beauty queen, Uh and then she and Percy did make a crack about that. And I, I looking at that going, what is that? Did they did they find an actress who had those very distinctive facial features so that they could make a crack about her being ugly? Or did they take an actress and did they make her look like that? And if they did, what are they trying to tell us in as we're watching this? That is she are, are there are there different peoples out there? In this, in this solar system, just just, just Homo sapiens. Mm. So one of the things. Well, okay. So well, one of my favorite sets of books, and and therefore carrying on with the TV series. One of the, one of the very few uh, that that threatens to unseat my top five uh, is the Expanse. Well, and and I love the books better than the the series. And they do not do this in the series, but they do in the books. Uh, you know, a century of living and working and breeding in space has fundamentally altered the look of the human race in in the Expanse universe. The people who are born in low gravity, the people who are born on the some of the moons, the belters, do not look like humans well they look like humans but they're tall they're thin they have weird proportions because of the way they grow up and the only thing they can really get away with in doing that in the in the tv series is they reflect on the fact that they can't go down the gravity well of the of the bigger planets but in the books you can spot them immediately there has been some change in the human race living out in the solar system. And I was kind of wondering if maybe that's what they were going for uh, with this possible. woman. It's possible. I hadn't thought of that until you until you're just talking. But I do know that from deeper into the series, there are references to people who have grown up inside domed cities on moons of Jupiter and Saturn, for example. Mm -hmm. And they have never known sunlight. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a... And so it's there. So there's there's, and there are comments about, and certain people who have grown who have grown up in places where, they do get sunlight. Make comments about those can dwellers, as they call them. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it. it, it <laughs> I'm no expert on it, but you know, and never thought about it, frankly, until I was reading the Expanse books and they started explaining. It. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it's true, but. I mean, if it would actually functionally happen that way, but it makes sense that, you know, different, different environments, different, different growth patterns on people with time. It's different things are successful. So, yeah, I was just, when I looked at her, I'm like, I don't, 
I, I just can't tell. Is that a prosthetic? Is that just the actress they hired? Is that... I have never... I looked, met- her, up, I looked her up. Her name is Jaina Corbett. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I can't find just a regular photograph, like a headshot oh. her agent would pass around. That would... Yeah, that would be handy. That would answer... Well, I mean, it would, wouldn't answer the question, but it would, it would help narrow down what the question is. It's like, why did they do it? Um, yes, they certainly don't have, have trouble... Uh, hiring unattractive looking people on this show. No, so I, I've noticed this. It's uh, of course this is this this is a British co-production. Also, there's uh, it was Canadian, French, British. I've noticed that in British television, actors in British television look like people. That's because they are. They are people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I was watching. Have you ever watched the uh, British the uh, the British version of Cracker, the original? I have, I have not, but uh, I'm familiar with it. But I'm. I remember I'm watching right. it, and everything is like the cops in Manchester, where, where that series is set, look like ordinary people. So I have this theory, and, 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 then, and, and, and American television back to people are more glamorous uh, overall. Here's my theory. I've, I've had this, and I hope it doesn't offend the British because I don't think it will. Um, I believe that the reason. British people, actors look more like regular people is because in Britain, they hire people for their ability to act rather than their appearance. There's still, there's a radical idea. <laughs> they, they, you know, that whole Rada thing where the people who want to be actors go and actually study acting. Yes. And then they, they get trained and then they do their time and they, they go off to be actors and, and and everyone's like, oh, the British make such good actors. Yeah, that's because they actually hire actors who can act, not David Hasselhoff, because exactly. he looks good, <laughs> you know, to the to the casting agent. Well, that guy, look at him. He's six foot four. Look at that jaw. Blue <laughs> eyes. Take him. He, he, he can act his way out of a paper bag. Maybe, maybe not. But anyway. Uh, yeah. There. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, if if it was a prosthetic job. I just, it didn't make any sense to me. They just could have hired somebody who just was kind of classically not good looking and, and gone instead of sort of, sort of deformed. And yeah. Well, speaking of not good looking, Gorin. Yeah. He he looks like, he looks like the kind of guy who would have a permanent job in the 1970s as a member of a TV series, motorcycle gang. Yeah, I believe it. Right. You remember in the 1970s and the early 80s, there was like the same group of actors that was every motorcycle gang in every TV series. And Brian James was was, was one of them. <laughs> yeah. So this guy could absolutely have been. Um, he, he's probably cast for that type all the time. Need a bad, nasty looking dude? Big? There you go. Get this guy in. He's, he's His good. name is Pat Roach. And uh, that, by, name's by the way. that name's familiar. He apparently had a role in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now I have to go back and find. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Isn't he the guy that? Isn't he the 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 German that Indy did the kind of punch punch? Uh, the the giant mechanic. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't know. I've, I've hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, we. <laughs> I think he was more clean shaven there, but yeah, no. That that the name sounds familiar, and not just because you know. Roach is a fairly common word in the English language. Yes, I just, uh... <laughs> I'm sure I've heard the name Bob Letterbox before. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds familiar. I so Percy's time in the prison. A couple things. Uh, one, they throw her in a, in a cell with uh, two other people, despite the fact that uh, they need her alive and well, they still throw her in a cell with two people who try to kill her or hurt her up real bad. Seems like a poor plan. Especially when a seller off as a sex slave. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's like, oh, come on. They could have just put those women in with two other people and set them up for in a prison and left her in her own little private cell or something, but they didn't. They, they put her in there so we could have our little mean girls drama. In a way... I'm going to say I was a little impressed with Percy in this episode. As you know, I don't like Percy. I don't think she's very useful in the grand scheme of things. I don't know that, you know, now knowing that she was not on the same 
prison. Okay. Some reason I got that that she was that she was just in a different part of the same darn prison. Okay, okay. That be I don't know what she would. Excuse me. At the beginning of the episode, their tulip was at Oberon. Mm-hmm. Percy stayed there. Nereid was where Goren was. Right. No. No. I. 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 Okay. I get what you're saying. I just my thought was that when the police arrested her and sent her to prison. They just put her on whatever normally they would take something to Nereid, sent her off no. on a different ship. They just they, they took her down the hall. Yeah. Okay. Um, if she had managed to get out, so she deactivates the force field um, that has the convenient arm-sized holes at the bottom. Um, she deactivates the force field using a Billy Tsunami electronic device. Yes. Her favorite singer. Her favorite singer. And I've got to ask myself, when was this made again? Uh, in 2000. And they apparently think that in the future, each artist will have their own recording players. Well, actually, I just took it to be uh, the futuristic equivalent of a portable device for listening to music. And, didn't she specifically um, and, 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 and call she, it? But, yes, but she called that probably because the guy was listening to Billy Tsunami. And she really likes Billy Tsunami. She really likes Billy Tsunami. And but if it's just a reportable recording device, how does she know he doesn't have his newer album on it? <laughs> that was that was kind of the it's like all right, all right. But anyway, so she gets the electronic device, and through wizardry that beyond anything that we've seen her capabilities before or her inclination towards criminal activity, she is able to unlock the door. They get out. She is. Uh, savvy enough to think they've got motion detectors and so they move very slowly which you know if you've ever been in a conference room and you're all sitting around talking and suddenly the lights go out because the motion sensors don't didn't notice anybody who's working you know that that's it's viable oh that um, no, that happened to me in in um what one time it went in my undergraduate days in college we were all in the we we're all having class in the line the lights went out I'll tell you a story about the, the brilliance of the, the state of Arizona, they, um, which I used to work for. They, uh, the buildings, somebody left lights on. You know, sometimes people are working late. We're in a, we had a whole floor of a building. Well, we actually had three floors of the building where I was in. And uh, apparently somebody left a light on, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. Whether there was anybody there, we don't know. And some citizen driving along <laughs> saw that. And wrote a nasty letter to the governor saying, Oh, zoom past your government offices and I saw some lights on at 10 o'clock at night. You are wasteful. You're wasting our taxpayers' money. And so the governor then spent who freaking knows how many thousands of dollars to install motion sensing light switches throughout all the public buildings. Now, I mean, in general, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. So it's not, I'm opposed to reactionary government like that. But they put install them in the bathroom. And I used to work quite late. And I've had that happen to me when I was on the toilet. And if you're sitting back in, in the farthest stall in the bathroom at night and all the lights go out, that is not, and the motion sensors do not detect you in there anyway because they're blocked by the stalls. So yeah. you're, I want to say SOL, but. Like, I get the idea. But, but uh, yeah, so, uh, but you can creep through. I know this for a fact, then, because we used to play around with these things when they would come on. You can creep past them if you go very slowly, like she was doing. So I'm, I saw a certain amount of, I saw a certain amount of playfulness on the writer's part there going, ah, she's done this. I know she's done this. And you can just make one silly mistake and, and trigger the whole thing. So it was just kind of to kill some time in the story because she doesn't get out and we don't know what would have happened if she'd gotten past that door. No, we don't. You know, she'd still be on Oberon. She'd still be a wanted or a convicted criminal. And the, the tulip is long gone. Yes. And for, and very shortly thereafter. So was Erica. Yes. Yes. Which I was, I was proud of Percy using Erica like a human shield Letting yeah. her get pumped full of stun rounds. Uh, sorry, bullets. Bullets. Uh, <laughs> that was um, 
uh, I was I was like, wow, I didn't I did I don't know if Percy had that in her or not because you see, I thought I thought she did last week. She shot Jacob in cold blood, but then it turned out Jacob wasn't killed, so she didn't shoot him in cold blood. She stunned him in cold blood, and this week she stunned the guy. But in this case, I I kind of feel like she murdered Erica there. She did. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how. Uh, you know, I mean, if James Bond did it, obviously that's in the name of king and country, and that's okay. But uh, yeah, it was kind of, kind of definitely Percy first attitude. Not that Erica didn't deserve it, but yeah, it does make sense that her friend Joy was it? Joy, yes. Was was then not happy with Percy, although oh. I don't know that Joy saw that, but. And Joy had to be the most ironically named character in this episode. <laughs> certain amount of truth to that. And again, in this sort of newfound depths that I never thought Percy had, right? She beats her up pretty good. Yeah. And she just, again, she deserved it. But so, I mean, it's it's that whole good guy dilemma. You can only beat them up in self-defense, but... Yeah, it was, I was surprised because I know we had that one scene where she was being trained by Lucretia uh, in episode one or two of the series, somewhere along the line, but I've never really gotten the impression that Percy was really particularly took those lessons and succeeded with them. So I was, uh, all right, that, I, I got a grudging, a grudging respect in the, well, if you're going to be a bounty hunter and you're going to be faced with danger, it would be useful to be functionally capable of taking care of yourself. So uh, that's as best I'm going to get for Percy at the moment. But at least she was not completely incompetent in this episode. She, she Everything she did was actually kind of successful, except that it didn't work. And it wasn't even her fault when it didn't work. It was Erica's fault, I think it was. Yes, it was. So I go Percy, glimmer of hope yeah. for you in, in this in this episode? I predict that as we, we get deeper into the series, certainly this season, you'll find more to like. Well, I mean, if ever there was a character that needed to grow or or be thrown out an airlock, it you know, th- this is this is the question is like at what point do you just go she's a waste and don't Oh, they already say well it's you know, in time maybe She'll grow. I didn't exactly see a lot of growth in her. I just saw that she had a a depth of competence that has been heretofore only kind of mentioned. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, she she knows everything about the engines. It's like, yes, but she's always screwing them up. She's wrecking the ship. She's she's complaining. She's she's engineering in bad ways. And you go, okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting it in dialogue, but I'm not seeing it in action. And here we at least saw it in action, that, that she she was capable of doing something. So perhaps it's the writer had a unique link with Percy, and now that writer's gone. So let's see. Um, Dante and the Pit. Yes. Or the, or the X-Wing, or whatever it was called. Dante's Inferno. If the only they had called this prison the Inferno. Or is that yet to come? <laughs> no, I don't know uh, to answer that question. No, okay. <laughs> so his plan is to get put in as a prisoner with no paperwork, but but they take him. They do, and then for he's going, then he goes to and he is to find Gorin. Yeah, and get Gorin on his side. Then Luke's going to come back in and get both of them out. Yes, and to complicate matters, we have a prisoner. That they were taking Daenerys in the first place. Yes, and he who knows says, Dante is not a criminal. Exactly, and he's just prisoner. That's how that's how he gets listed on IMDb and on the credits. It's just prisoner. <laughs> prisoner with lines. He at least got yes. some lines. It, it could have been, been Tom or somebody. I don't know, but no, he's he's prisoner. I <laughs> raise your hand who knew that was going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, even when Dante saves him from getting beaten up, he's still going to turn Dante in. And Dante is right. What good is it going to do him to turn Dante in? Right? I mean, right. 
And it, well, are the are the prison guards going to take a shine to him and say, I'll tell you what, you can be my bitch tonight instead of prisoner XYZ's. You know, I, I don't, I didn't really see that he was going to get anything out of this other than, you know, a, a kick in the groin. And uh, it, it, it struck me as bad. And of course he dies. Goran kills him because, well, that had to happen. I mean, that, that was the only way that guy was going to be kept quiet. And so somebody had to kill him. I kind of was thinking Dante was going to do it there for a minute. Uh, he seemed capable of it. Well, yes. From a physicality standpoint, he's incapable of it. From an acting standpoint, I'm not so sure. Again, this was not one of my my favorite Michael Paré moments where he is in the middle of the night having a secret discussion with a guy who's going to rat him out while everyone else is sleeping, and he's shouting at him. You gotta keep this secret! I was like, I think you just told everyone yeah. right there. Um, Bella Kana. And uh, <clears throat> it's just <laughs> like, okay. All right. Not not keen on the directing in this episode uh, or the acting complaint. But yeah. Does it seem reasonable that they would care whether or not one of the prisoners had hepatitis or not? Let's see. They're, um, they're the toughest prison in the solar system. They don't seem to care about that. Um, Actual guilt. Yes. They don't seem to mind their body count. They don't mind taking on extra prisoners without no. paperwork, which means they're feeding right. people. Um, and and the first guy, you know, when Lucretia calls up and says, oh, he's got hepatitis 57. Uh, the guy goes, well, I think he's on KP duty tonight. I hope his open wounds don't yeah. spill in the soup. Like that was, that was exactly my thought when she gave that excuse. I thought, really, you think they're going to let him out on, on sick call? Wouldn't they just kill him um... or let him kill off the other prisoners? Oh, they got hepatitis and died. <laughs> well, per, you know, well, perhaps a reason well, of course, in the episode, the reason the guard let um, Dante go was for fear of a riot. And did that seem reasonable? Because they did say there had been a big prison riot two years not ago. too long ago. Two years two ago. Years. Yeah. And I got the impression that that did not end well for the rioters. Or, or, or for some of the guards, I imagine. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You just you just take him out and shoot him. But you know? <laughs> it's like, whoops! He he got out the airlock. He was trying to escape. Oh, and burn the body quick! All right, gone, done. Problem solved. Uh, I don't know. I I know. I I I will go with this. Um, it wasn't believable that that was going to work. I I never in a million years thought that was going to work. When she then bribed the prison official for 100,000 credits, I go, ah, see, now that works. The prison official has a, a a viable excuse that doesn't necessarily have to be revealed he took a bribe. It's like, why did you send the prisoner out? Because the bounty hunter took him for medical research and he was extremely ill. Right. You know, that that part was that was good as a way of justifying it. It's a good cover story that he would then send the next guy along. I don't know. Well, it's the same cover story. It's the same cover story, but if that guy caught it, how many other people in the place had already caught it? And I don't know. I, I, it was, I mean, it is a classic, uh, it is a classic prison escape maneuver, right? You feign an illness, you get sent to the infirmary. Presumably uh, security is less, stringent in the infirmary and the trustees help you and you escape. And I mean, I, I see that countless. So, so the feigning illness to get out of prison. Okay. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know. Again, this prison just doesn't seem to care enough yet. You, you have to have a certain amount of care for the welfare of somebody to, to, to do anything like that. And, and this universe doesn't have that. It's not just this prison. This universe has no very little, empathy or caring in its institutions that is accurate and the only time we've ever seen anything 
that seemed humane was the the memory wipe stuff. And even that's weird. Yeah. Why, why do they get it? Why do they get it back? Why, so you remove all their larcenous instincts for two years and then you let them back? It's like, how, how do they learn? We will not go there anymore. But right. So it, it just kind of... When 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 everything is when everything is bad and everyone is bad and corrupt, pretty much across the board. I mean, have we seen anybody who was sympathetic except for Dante? And 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 I mean sympathetic as in Dante is he has at least a code that he appears to operate by. Uh, Part of it was, is protect family. Um, do you remember episode Frozen with the father and the. And his son, mm-hmm. uh, they were sympathetic. Uh, to, to a degree. The father did he not was, experiment on his own son? Uh, and to, to try to deal with his condition that condition, he had. And, okay. and then it turned out that the orchard took over, and the boy was just a guinea pig who had a medical problem. Well, we haven't, we haven't seen too... I mean, we've seen innocence. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's the boy that was taken by the... The Raiders. Yes. There was victims. Even the boy whose mother was the manipulative... Uh, Ajit. Mind control. Yeah. You know, but they're vastly, compared to what we've seen, they're nothing in the system. The, 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 the system itself is functionally uncaring. And, and perhaps... Because we're viewing it through the eyes of a bounty hunter, and bounty hunters don't actually get to deal with the nicest of people, maybe it's an unfair, it's an unfair view, right? I think I, I think I yeah. mentioned this before. I used to work with, with some cops, retired cops who were still basically cops, and their view of the world is very tainted by what they did for their whole careers. That makes sense, or or, any, or, or anyone who works um, in prison. For any they time. weren't they weren't bad guys don't don't get me wrong they were not bad guys but you know if you sit around at lunch with one of them and telling you having him tell you about his 20 years on the homicide department uh homicide squad and the cases and it's like yeah i get why you when you look at somebody you see you see a potential murderer yeah you could just you could just see it in in their attitude they, they were they were okay, but at the same time, man, they were <laughs> they were they were they were dark. They were dark underneath. Yeah. And uh so if you had that view, sure. You know, if if you had that view, I, I could see it. So we are only seeing the universe from that standpoint, and it's not a pretty place. It is not a pretty place. Um was there a reason Goran didn't want to get out? Was it just because he was afraid, or was oh, it because he was enjoying being big man? And I, I think, I think, oh, I, you, you just said what, what I was about to say. I think he, he, he was more or less in charge, and um, he had people, the go- had people doing his bidding, and why? And he probably didn't what didn't like his sister very much either. Mm. Still, he has three million reasons to get out. Well, I guess whenever he's ready, he could. Was go it only three million, or was it thirty million? It was three million. Three million. Huh. Three million credits worth of art and jewelry. See, now that's the other... Do, do you remember in the, the Austin Powers? The first I know, Austin I know, Powers? I never, I never saw this. Oh, never saw this? Okay. There's a scene where, where Dr. Evil, who has been frozen for 30 years, is, is now trying to blackmail the world. And he's going to... I forget what it is. Blow up an atomic bomb, explode a volcano, destroy the planet... And he gets the <clears throat> to the UN and he makes his demands for one million dollars. And they all just look around at each other like, is he kidding me? And then like Dr. Evil's aides are like whispering in his ears, man, dollars is nothing. It's nothing. And so, all right, I want a hundred billion dollars. I forgot what his switch on the guide is. And the reason I bring that up is because three million dollars credits... We have a we have a guidepost in this episode as to how much three million credits is. It's about thirty times, three hundred times, 
what you can bribe a security colonel at a prison for. Yes. <laughs> Not that much. 30 times. No. Yeah, it's 30 times. I mean, <laughs> that's, that is not a huge amount of money compared to what apparently Lucretia and, and Dante can whip up from their meager savings right. in this universe. I thought that was kind of a little, it's like, wow, you're, you're, I, I feel like, I kind of feel like Rex spent more than that in bribes for all the people she had on the payroll. Wouldn't surprise me. And um, this does bring up a um, point, which is that um, our uh, baddies this week are not exactly master logicians. No. <laughs> like I said, they could have just bribed this one out. I think they could have, I think they could have solved this without, without any violence. But then maybe they just really liked... Maybe, maybe they liked being violent. I mean, I can understand... Well, actually, no, I'm going to take, take something back. Rex came in and said to Percy, well, first off, she cataloged her for the sex trade. And then she, she said, your uncle is on a mission for me to the prison. And if he doesn't come back, you're going, you're going on the market. Actually, she said he won't be coming back. And then she said he won't be coming back. But she said, if you're coming, if, if he doesn't come back. And then she goes, and he won't be coming back. And at the time when I was watching that, I took that as being this job is so crazy dangerous that there's no chance he's going to succeed. But instead, what it may have meant was it doesn't matter whether he succeeds or not. I'm going to send him down in the end. So she probably could have just sold Percy off right away. Uh, what else do we got on this? Scanning my notes again. No, I don't have anything else. I think we covered that. We did not cover the point that the guard, we've, we've talked around it. A guard took Erica out and raped her. Oh, yes. In uh, what was apparently a routine right. uh, activity uh, for the female prisoners. And, well, at least they didn't, they didn't get around to Percy on their rotation, apparently. No, which is probably that's probably on our mind. He's probably trying to probably thinking about getting out. Uh, I'm not sure uh, before that happened to her. Hmm. Although, although Good. your point is, though, to your one of your previous points, where was where was she going to go after she got out of the cell? Right. I mean, well, she she has no clue where Dante is. Right. She she doesn't know that the that the the transutopian has has flown off out into space or anything like that. So, I mean, she's just trying to get out of prison oh, to a place where she does not know what is beyond the next door. True. Oh, oh this could does bring the, up, brings up the here. Guards. I did have yeah. one more. I did have one note. I didn't uh, get to here. Rex is faked. Oh, oh, I hope she's not back. Um, I, this, that was unclear to me what was going on. In the end of it. I mean, I, I get what was going on is that Dante, they expected the cops to come in and arrest Dante. And Dante had got to the cops first and told him, hey, you know, he's got three million dollars stashed away credits. And so then the cops arrested them instead. I, I don't yes. know what's going to happen. I mean, they still don't have the three million. No, but. They could let them go if you gave me the three million, you know, perhaps. But they know they have the person who knows where that where those where all that three million is. Okay. Yes, and and I I you know the cops could have taken them into another room and said, "Here's how it goes: uh, Rex, kill her. Uh, Rex's husband, kill him. Dead. Okay, Goran, you're the last one. Now you die. You tell us where the money is, and." If he doesn't tell him, they kill him and he's an escaped prisoner that's never seen again. Uh, they torture him for a while to see if they can get it out of him. And it's, there's a number of options there. I don't know quite what's going to happen next. It shouldn't be good for any of them because then those cops need to dispose of all of those people to prevent their acquiring of the money to be. But it still raises one more question. How did Dante find out about the $3 million? Oh, I'm 
presumed that Caravaggio gave him Correct. the full brief. He did, which means it's in the computer system. Yeah. Which means that the people who arrested Goran knew that he had $3 million stashed away. Yes. Well, if I were a corrupt prison official, I think I might have isolated Goran a long time ago to get that money. Somebody with initiative. I mean, it's not like it was a secret that Goran had the money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's true. Um, I take I take your point. Um, and I add to it that um, not one of these uh, prison officials seemed like a fairly bright bulb. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. I think that is. I think that's part and parcel of going into that line of work. And and when I say that, I don't mean necessarily prison. I mean corrupt prison. In the Oberon justice system. Exactly. Right? I mean, this this definitely seems like where a certain type of personality and capabilities would go to, you know, do a nice bit of thumping occasionally. Uh, Vogons, in, in short. Yeah. Yes. But Vogon seemed at least halfway nicer. We would, it would be... It would be remiss not to mention that Dante said that it's easier to tell if there's hair in prison food than in the food prepared by lucretia yeah i don't know what that means there is a recurring there's a recurring theme of uh the poor quality of food on the tulip yes but but it's it's not as bad as prison food but in some ways it's worse because it's harder to tell if there's hair in it i like i I don't i just didn't know what to make of that i really i just really didn't know what to make of that it's like are they saying that lucretia's hair is easier to hide in the food <laughs> than than the prisoner's hair and or 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 what i was he just being mean to her well i wouldn't put it past uh, dante to be mean to to luke and i will say this for lucretia she uh she was there for him yes she and for percy she was there for them this this is if you know in the past there has been this sort of dante doesn't trust lucretia Lucretia was there for them. Lucretia dumped all her money into this endeavor. She was, I mean, she was not in favor of Dante's plan, but what did she do? She went through with the plan. She carried it out. She was absolutely operated in a faithful and let's go familial way to protect Percy I'll go and with Dante that. for that matter. Um, which is probably the strongest we've seen of that to date. There was, there was absolutely no undercurrent of, I've got another agenda. Um, you know, I, I saw no evidence that she was trying to contact Rudolfo for any other reason than, hey, Rudolfo, we need some money for bribes, right? I mean, she could have just right. called her dad if, if we... Her dad, had the, gotten, her dad has plenty of money. Okay, getting through to him would be hard. Well, she's got that fancy-dancy communicator, so... Um, I don't know. It just, I, I, again, in a way, in this episode, Percy and Lucretia are not quite the way they normally are. Especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Not hating on each other. And so I'm wondering if that's the take of this writer. How, how many, how many female writers are there on this show? Do you know? I have, let me see. I have not I don't recall any of them so far. Kept track of them by gender um but they're usually they're mostly male they're common common enough in television uh it was i don't recall any names that weren't male so far but that does not mean i noticed of the first but i of the first 10 episodes this is i believe the only one where the screenwriter was female and this is the absolute best portrayal of Percy and Lucretia we have had to date. Yes. So, um, which, you know, makes an argument for having more inclusion in your writer's room. I don't know if it's, it's a found, sound argument because we have a sample size of one, but right. I, I think, I think it's fair that, you know, maybe you don't get quite the damsel in distress or the, the crazy bratty teenager stereotypes that you might get Fair from point. A, an old an old white guy writer right. okay i got nothing else on this okay one. i have nothing else uh next except this the next episode episode number 11 is black light 
black light. We'll be looking for scorpions. Uh, no, we'll be looking for um, uh, Travis Montana. Oh, okay. All right. that, you, may, you may remember there was that whole subplot of Travis Montana. Yeah. And uh, we haven't. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't yeah, gone so. away. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how those subplots play out next time. All right. Well, Kenneth, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. I'm listeners. I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.